Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. You can follow the Comic Book Characters podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash pod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle cbcharacters, and you can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. Everyone out there in the CBCU, it's your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, and as always, I've got my gracious co-host, the president and CEO of Snark Industries, the invincible and invisible Ignacio. How are you doing, sir? Oh, man, you are so good at those intros. Uh, I'm doing great, man. Dealing with car troubles over here, but uh, I got it all fixed up, I think. Should have my car back and ready in about two weeks. Yeah. So that's exciting. Luckily, I live in a city that has public transportation, so I was able to make it to the movie theater to watch Deadpool just fine. Didn't need a car. Cool. How about you, man? Could it, did, uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing well. My my car, I just fixed my car, so my car. The, welcome this week to, on welcome car to Car Attack. Welcome oh, to Car Attack. Hey, guys. Joke. I got the copyright. <laughs> my oh, copyright please. is not walking. Um, <laughs> wow. Was that your Boston accent? That was fantastic. Nah, I don't know what that was. What's wrong with your car? What's wrong with <laughs> I got cats in my car. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Cats in the car. You're losing your mind. We're just watching a man slowly descend into madness. Not unlike the plot of Deadpool. That's Uh, that's true. But yeah, I I just got my car fixed, and so I was able to see Deadpool. Uh, And for those of you who don't know, this is going to be a Deadpool uh, special edition. Not really, though. uh, (laughs) Deadpool-centric podcast for comic book characters yeah, you We're thought talking all about deadpool you thought you had already gotten all your valentine's day gifts but mm. you're not done yet you got one more it's right here two barrels full of love coming right at you <laughs> yeah uh i would recommend if you don't want to be sexually aroused i would recommend turning turning this off immediately don't even turn it low you would have to turn it off because it, it, it kind of works subconsciously hot. so even if you can't hear the words it's still the waves it'll permeate your brain the ether yeah mm-hmm. enters your mind i think and, that's how that works uh, yes anyway man let's talk about deadpool because we're doing a whole show on it um, whole show. i'm not sure how we're going to break this down but i mean it's not it's not gonna be a big surprise for people to hear that we both like the movie i don't want this to be just like a giant love fest though i, th- I no. do think we should bring up all the things that we loved about this movie because it was pretty cool uh, There's a lot to like, a lot to love. Lots uh, of love. Not that much to hate, but hey, we'll, we'll try and talk about things that we thought could have been better or maybe we weren't crazy about. Um, but you want to just yeah. start overall with some impressions of the movie? or Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let me go ahead and start off with this. This is, we're not going to, you know, some people try to do like a spoiler-free section and then a spoiler section. We're not sophisticated enough to do that. This is all spoilers. So all spoilers if you have not, somehow have not watched Deadpool, you should go see it, first of all. But go ahead and bookmark the page on either Facebook or SoundCloud. You know, subscribe to our listenership page, and then come back to it. 
We'll still be here waiting for you when you come back after you see uh, Deadpool eat a couple of chimichangas. Yeah. We'll be right here waiting for you. Not many spoilers. Easy I mean, we, we are like most people already know that there's a sequel in, in, in production. So spoiler, mm -hmm. Deadpool survives. Does not die. Deadpool does not die. Huge, also huge kind spoiler. of one of his powers. I know. So like, how can he die? How can yeah. he die? We could talk about that. Okay. Let's talk about that at the end. Uh, but yeah, initial impressions. I mean, first of all, what really makes this movie work for me was the humor. Uh, the violence was there. They made use of it with the R rating, and that's cool. Um, it actually kind of wasn't as violent as I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Hmm. There really weren't but that many we, action scenes when you think about it. Yeah, and we're going to touch on that, too, a little later when we talk about maybe sort of cons with the movie, but uh, at least in my estimation. But I would say that the, the, the this is a movie... That is not an action comedy, but rather is a comedy action film. Oh, I agree with that entirely. It, that's, it is at its core yeah. a comedy film, and uh, and they really do use the R rating to their full advantage for a lot of the jokes. And man, uh, you know, the one thing that really struck me about this film is that the jokes come at you literally from the opening title sequence. Yes. All the way to the end, it, it like practically never stops. Um, you yeah. know, except for maybe some small beats between like the the love relationship between uh, Wade and. No, I think uh, you're totally right. Like this movie really is a comedy first, before anything else. I think it just plays as a comedy. I mean, it's got the yeah. same kind of comedic beats and timing of of a, just a standard comedy. It's had it has that many jokes in it. Of course, a lot of the jokes are very much in-jokes and kind of targeted toward nerd audiences, which I think is why nerds love this movie, because it really mm -hmm. does feel like it's kind of made for comic book nerds. Um, you still there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought you just, just passed taking, out from my insight. Just and taking like, oh, it all God. in, sir. <laughs> uh, but no, there's, there's like a ton a, of jokes. Just like a certain Wade Wilson may have been oh, taking I know. it all in. What? I do wonder. I mean, I think, I think you and I are definitely like part of what what they envisioned as being the, the core audience for this kind of movie oh, yeah but I, I, I do wonder how this plays to just a standard movie goer someone who doesn't read as many comics someone who doesn't know much about the deadpool character maybe someone like your mom ah what did she, yeah what did she think? so so wait, 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 what you're telling me is that that fox studios simon uh, uh kinberg or whatever his name is mm -hmm. head of fox they, they thought that two guys that do a comic book weekly podcast might be their core audience? Huh? I thought they thought, yeah, those guys might yeah. be into this. Mm. Savvy. <laughs> Savvy. Yeah, I actually ended up seeing this movie with my mom. Uh, if you recall from the previous podcast, uh, I had mentioned that that was most likely going to be what happened, and that is what happened. Uh, but I'll tell you this. My mom loved it. She, and th the thing is, her sense of humor, I mean, she's got a good sense of humor, but she doesn't normally skew toward the kind of humor that's featured in Deadpool. Crass. But, but yeah, crass, the real kind, kind of, of crass sense yeah. of humor. But she, she thought it was hilarious. She was laughing a lot. She thought the title sequence was great. Uh, that's just something you've never seen before. What was the joke really? she laughed at the most? Um, or just one. I think. Remember her laughing. I think well, it wasn't so much a joke. It was the the uh, when Deadpool was fighting Colossus and he was like breaking his hands and legs and then oh, yeah. around. Yeah, that was a big like, that was a big laugh. Yeah, in the theater was, I went to. 
She was she was she really liked that sequence. But you know, she didn't know who Deadpool was. Right. I mean, really as a character. She was like, My dad, oh you'll love this. <laughs> my dad God, I want to get your dad on the show so bad. Uh, my dad asked me before we went and saw the movie, like that week. He asked me earlier in the week, he goes, Hey, have you seen this movie with like Spider Man in it? <laughs> He goes, oh, <laughs> but he looks kind of different, and he's got swords. Yeah. And I'm like, Dad, that's not Spider-Man. That's Deadpool. He goes, oh, <laughs> that's why it's called Deadpool. <laughs> like, yeah, Dad, that's the character's name. Yeah. That he, is... Well, I could, you know what? It's funny. I mean, Rob Liefeld has actually, actually admitted to the fact that Deadpool was, the design of Deadpool was really much based on Spider-Man. Because you kept hearing like Todd McFarlane and I. Todd was, McFarlane, yeah. Who was the other big Spider-Man artist at the time? I can't remember. Maybe Lar- Larson. Uh, Larson. Larson. Um, yeah. Both said that like they loved drawing Spider-Man because he was you didn't have to draw a face and like when you don't have to draw a face it really cuts down time on on the drawings you can just draw two big circles on the face. Yeah. So yeah. Rob Liefeld designed Deadpool to be like that, like someone that he could, you know, wouldn't have to actually draw his face, and obviously the rest of his whole suit has some heavy spider-man influences so <clears throat> i mean your dad and, was kind of right on on that yeah. i mean it, it very much is spider-man yeah actually i saw a tweet out from uh, comedian eugene merman uh earlier this week and he said uh uh deadpool was originally called super sexy vulgar violent spider-man or something <laughs> like that and uh so i i immediately yeah. like there's a lot of in jokes in this movie uh, i don't know if i caught them all but i feel like i caught quite a few of them and it in the, the very first one is a coffee cup with Rob L written on it, like yeah. right at the very yeah. beginning. Yeah. Um, just a little tribute to one of the at least two creators of Deadpool, the person who gets credited yeah. with creating Deadpool. Yeah, the other guy is, uh, uh, his name is uh, Fabian, I, I don't know how to say his last name, Nezka? Nezka? Oh, yeah, Nezka? right. It is kind of complicated. There's a it's great anywhere. feature on Vulture about the history of Deadpool and. Um, how there's been there's been different kind of writers that have come in to essentially oversee Deadpool and, and each one kind of brings their own personality into it and you and reading it you get a sense of how the character has really progressed over the years because Deadpool now in the comics is somewhat similar to when he debuted but isn't, isn't really the same guy I mean he's like I mean I don't know I guess you, you could even say he's radically different I mean he's got certain elements that are the same but yeah. you know the the Deadpool that we see now in the comics is is essentially what you see in the movie. And that, that brings me to my other point, which is like, this might be, and I've said this about other movies in the past, but I feel like the bar keeps getting raised. This might be the best yeah. representation of a comic book character in a movie. Would you agree definitely. with that? I mean, because to me, it I really feels almost exactly that. like the Deadpool from the comics. But I, yeah, I completely agree with that. What I was going to say real quick is that, that Fabian's name is on one of the highway signs, mm. like as an exit. <laughs> so they do they do kind of drop both creators in there. Yeah, I didn't catch that one. Um, which is a nice touch. But yeah, no, Deadpool, the character, and Deadpool, the movie, are, are, I mean, as close to a carbon copy of each other as possible. It, it is the closest thing we've ever seen to a, a full-on, straight comic adaptation. Yeah. And what makes Deadpool so unique is that in the comic, he breaks the fourth wall, right? right. And he kind of references that he's in a comic book. Mm-hmm. Or, like, he references that there are superhero movies, you know, and, and things like that in the comic. So with the movie, they, they just took that and they made it so that he could break the fourth wall, speak to the audience, 
you know, reference that he's in a movie. Yeah. You know, that's pretty cool. And that's what makes him so unique and also, I think, kind of a, a very much welcome addition to the superhero world because, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting to the point, and we might already be there, where we're just, we're getting superhero movies all the time now, comic book movies. And I it's think we're just, getting seven this year. Yeah, and it's just going to so. keep growing. Um, and so, I mean, there's already articles out there about comic book fatigue. You know, is this a bubble? Is it going to burst at some point? Deadpool is exactly the kind of guy you need to, to, to basically be the comic relief and to just make fun of the whole genre. Because in the end, I mean, you, right. I, I mean we, we've had these conversations on, on this show a lot about what kind of tone do you want to set with your, with your comic book movie. I mean, you know, an, an overly serious kind of earnest tone can work for Batman. It doesn't work for all the, all the characters. And sometimes you need a little levity. You need a little fun. Because in the end, that's kind of, that's a big part of comic books, right? There's always humor in comics. Maybe not always, but it seems to be a, a big, a big thing that gets missed sometimes. Deadpool seems to understand that and can have fun with it and can make fun of the the genre and the medium, and it's ripe for making fun of, right? Because like a lot of these movies take themselves so seriously, and here's Deadpool coming along and just kind of laughing his ass off about the whole thing. Right. Yeah. He's just kind of palling around through the whole thing. Uh, you're right, and, and we we have talked about this before, and I think in order for the superhero genre of film to really cement itself as a permanent thing and I think it is going to be permanent in the sense that like there are sci-fi movies there were westerns you know superhero films will be their own genre and then within that genre we're going to have you know the political thrillers like like uh, like um, Winter Soldier right right? Yeah. you're going to have the sci-fi space pick like the Guardians of the Galaxy you know, you're going to have this really kind of 21 Jump Street comedy, you know, Beverly Hills Cop type comedy, raunchy comedy, Deadpool. Like, that's what I think is going to be the evolution of all of these films or the genre as a whole. Well, I think they're um, going to have to, right? Because this movie, more than any other superhero, quote unquote, superhero movie, like defies the genre. I mean, it's it's not really doing it justice mm-hmm. to say it's a comic book movie because people yeah. have certain expectations for what that movie is. And Deadpool really is not that movie at all. I mean, right off the bat, when you say comic book movie, almost everyone immediately thinks PG-13. Well, yeah, and that's why you're seeing all these yeah. things on Twitter and social media about people pissed that they walk into the movie with their kid and realize that this is so clearly not for children. <laughs> yep. People yep. apparently don't pay attention to ratings. a lot of fun picking out some of those tweets. Yeah, there's, like, even people going, like, man, they really should put a warning on this. And then, like, people are like, you mean, like, the rated R warning that's <laughs> on the movie? Like, what do you... You can't help people from being dumb. I mean, so I want to go more into the actual movie, but before we do that, and maybe maybe we can table this part for the end, but I am kind of curious what your take is on what Deadpool's kind of role is in the whole comic book universe now, because it seems like all these movies are creating these universes where it's just multiple characters intermingling. Deadpool is just so different that it's hard to imagine him being like a bit player in a kind of ensemble cast when he's clearly like the kind of guy who shines when he's just the star of the show and I, I'm, I'm not sure how that's going to work and I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or I do have some thoughts I kind of wanted to talk about that toward the All end right, let's take a look at what let's put what a pin in movies, that as they say let's put a pin in it uh yeah here's one thing that really impressed me about this movie the budget for the movie was roughly 50 million dollars which for what crazy. superhero films have been made for lately everything's been north of 100 million 45 was used on Colossus <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, but with, I mean, that being said, the movie looks great. It does. You know, talking about I was surprised. things that, that yeah. I really liked and was impressed by. I think some of the parts where Deadpool's kind of jumping around, I you can see the CGI a little bit. I thought it looked awesome. Uh, but it looked good. It did look really good. <clears throat> and overall, the film that they made for $50 million is a testament to everyone at Fox and Tim Miller, the director, and Ryan Reynolds. Um, you know, just everything they did, they, they maxed out every dollar. How about that and first shot alone? Like that thing was yeah the three D the three yeah. D wraparound with the title sequence, it's yeah and it's so good. Um, I mean, I was really really impressed with that. Yeah. And I, what I'm and I, and I guess we'll talk about this a little bit later when we talk about kind of what are the ramifications of this film. But I kind of hope that studios see that you can make a superhero genre film and not blow your wad. <laughs> you know spending 150 million 200 million dollars making the movie like not every superhero movie needs to have that big of a budget oh i agree i'm, I'm looking at you gambit like <laughs> gambit doesn't need 140 million dollars right i mean and, and, after a while it's like i mean action scenes are cool and and you know comic book movies obviously depend on them but you know you don't i mean uh, we've seen a lot of the same stuff over and over again right it's like sometimes it's better to just spend some time actually building these characters so that we actually care about what's going on than just right. pouring all this money into these action scenes that we've kind of seen over and over again. Mm, so. Transformers. Yeah, right. No, I, I totally uh, agree with that point. So, yeah, I think I think hopefully, because what I keep hearing, what I keep hearing is that all the studios are all like, okay, now we're going to make a bunch of rated R superhero films. And we can talk about this more towards the back end of the cast. But, and that's okay. I'm, I'm I'm okay with them sort of thinking in that direction. But they, what I'm hoping they're also taking away from this is that you don't have to throw all of your money into a film for a superhero film. Right. Because the more money you put in, the more money you have to you have to make back. And sometimes these movies aren't going to do that. I think that's kind of part of the problem for uh, BVS right now. Yeah. You know, they they pumped in I think over two hundred million dollars on that film. And now they're getting antsy. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's what happens when you, you know, you kind of go. Now, that movie, I think, does need a budget like that because you've got Batman and Superman. I mean, you want to go big with something like that. But, you know, I, I hope that the studios take away, other than the fact that you can go rated R, is that you can do things with limited budgets if you have a visionary director and you have people that are have a, have a strong vision of what they want to do with the film. Yeah. And I think that helps. I think also one of the cool things that Deadpool did, I thought that was really smart, was having this kind of broken up storyline where you have mm -hmm. something, you know, you have basically the, the present day getting interrupted with stuff that's going on in the past, essentially setting up Deadpool's origin story. I thought that was cool because it basically introduces you to the character first. And then you're kind of like, well, how did this guy even come to be? But also by breaking it up that way, you have multiple quote-unquote action scenes that are essentially the same scene that you can kind of go back to so it's like you're shooting this one scene but it in the movie it comes across like multiple different action scenes in the same spot. right because it's broken up yeah. instead of linear it, right? yeah and I, I thought that was really cool because it kept you kind of in anticipation for what was going to happen with the kind of a storyline while you were going back and flipping back between a and b the yeah. a and b storyline yeah that. not only that it I'm sorry to mean some non nonlinear. That's what I was looking for. Non yeah, nonlinear. Uh, it kept the pacing up as well. It kept the pacing steady throughout the film, and 
Um, yeah, so let, let's go into like some of the acting performances. What did you, you know, what out of everyone that was in it, other than, I mean, obviously Ryan Reynolds, I felt knocked it out of the park. It literally was like he was born to play this role. <laughs> um, I can't think of any other actor that would have that would have played it as well as Ryan Reynolds did here. But but beyond him, and if you want to give him some words on him, that's fine. Oh, yeah. But let, beyond let me do that him, first, what else? What I think else? he deserves yeah. quite a bit of time on this on this episode. Cause, that's I mean, true. That's true. The guy, I've never Worked even on been for a 11 years. Ryan Reynolds fan, but like, yeah. he's been wanting to play this character for 10 years, a decade, yeah, maybe 10, more. 11 years, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny because I feel like his, his kind of 10-year essentially odyssey to play deadpool kind of very nicely mirrors the character of deadpool who's very bitter about everything that's gone on in his life and is essentially kind of taking out you know taking revenge on the world um obviously you know not being able to make the movie that you want isn't the same as getting cancer but (laughs) but essentially like or is it right uh but he's got the right kind of i think he had the right kind of mindset going into this movie of like letting off steam over like the 10 year journey that it took yeah. him to make this movie and finally being able to make it, it dovetailed, I thought perfectly with the character who's, yeah. you know, very bitter about everything that's gone on in his life. And Ryan Reynolds is very clearly bitter about the way his kind of past comic book experience. Wolverine origins, <clears throat> Wolverine Green origins, yeah. Green Lantern. Right. Um, I even enjoyed it's... the blade reference, which by the way he was in, yeah. um, yeah. in the movie. Um, yeah. so, that totally comes across, and maybe it's just maybe I'm projecting because I just know so much of the backstory. But um, but I really feel like it comes across, and he just seems to be like just relishing the experience. Because the thing is, Ryan Reynolds, I mean, he has certain range, but I feel like in most movies he's kind of doing a Deadpool character, right? I mean, he's kind of yeah. doing this smart. He's always kind of been this snarky, yeah. kind of dude, and, I, and that I doesn't always right. work. But like when he's in the Deadpool costume, you realize he was meant. He was meant to play this role. This is basically him, and nailed it. I mean, yeah. it couldn't have been a yeah. perfect role, more perfect role for him. I think you're really onto something there with how the they they kind of are parallel to each other, the characters, and that uh, it's very serendipitous in a way mm-hmm. uh, because it really does allow for Reynolds to draw on that bitterness, like you said. Uh, also, I mean, you see a lot of references to Wolverine origins. We see the action figure. Of, oh man, that was great. I love that. that. Was, that was I laughed so hard at that. I popped so hard at that uh, joke, um, and uh, so I mean, you know, without Wolverine Origins and the shitty Deadpool, the shit pull, I think is what people call him. Uh, you know, without that, I don't think this Deadpool movie gets made the way it gets made. So it's kind of interesting the way that worked out. Uh, so I mean, just going into some of the other characters, anyone else stand out for you? Um, I thought Copycat was cool. Uh, I don't yeah. know if she's. I mean, if they're kind of waiting on that big reveal of her being mm-hmm. a superhero. So or like a for kid. those, I mean, obviously, if you've seen the film, you should know. Or if you don't know the background, uh, Wade Wilson's girlfriend Vanessa in the comic is a character by the name of Copycat, and she has kind of the ability to mimic um, other people. Yeah, I thought they had really good chemistry. Those two, um, yeah, on screen, they really did, and that. That was cool because, I mean, you know, they had a certain amount of time to build that relationship. And by the end of it, you really did care for it and kind of want them to be together again. Um, she was I really good. Uh, I mean, there yeah. weren't, I mean, when you think about it, 
what's funny about this movie is that it's actually pretty simple, right? I mean, there's not that many characters involved. I mean, Deadpool even jokes, one of the better jokes in the movie when he goes to the Academy and the only two characters he sees are Colossus and what, Negasonic, Negasonic Teenage, Teenage Warhead, Warhead. Uh, yeah. who somehow did not get on what he do. I, I don't know, or what she do. Um, sounds like a character that would have been on the... Maybe, maybe, maybe she was. Um, he kind of jokes about it. I mean, there's really not that many characters involved. Um, but yeah, I, I would say... I mean, I like, obviously... Um, geez, the, uh, I forgot his name. The, the comedian um, who's the bartender. T.J. Miller? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just a big fan of his. I think he's hilarious. Um, you know, I don't know if he necessarily did an excellent job. He's kind of the same in everything I've seen him in. But, yeah, it's kind of funny. Ryan Reynolds is kind of playing himself. Yeah. T.J. Miller's kind of playing himself. Right. Um, but they're both really good kind of comedic actors. I will say, though, I wasn't... I mean, if we're talking about some of the things that we weren't crazy about, um, and it's something that we've we've given Marvel, you know, crap for in the past, is just Marvel doesn't hasn't been great at creating villains. To me, the villain in this movie felt very, like, generic bad guy. Paint by numbers, right? Yeah, it, it didn't do much for me. Ajax was not really... Ajax, Francis... Yeah. Uh, all of the Francis stuff was great. The too. Francis jokes was great, and that was the best part of his character. But beyond that, yeah. I mean, can you really say anything about his character? I mean, I don't know. I don't think he had no. Much to do and and the, and, the, and the thing was, all of the thing that made Francis great was Deadpool mm-hmm. bagging on Francis. Like it wasn't Ajax. It was nothing Ajax did on his own. It was just Deadpool interacting with that character those were all the good moments i think there was a, you know, a, an opportunity to create a more kind of twisted character there because i mean when you think about francis ajax like he's pretty fucked up man he's like to do these experiments he can't on people, feel anything and he can't feel anything right. like he himself can't feel anything so yeah i think you could have done like i don't know i mean it's like is it really any more twisted than like the joker as far as just origins of a, of a character you know what i mean and like but this yeah. guy was playing it so straight as just like Ugh, i'm a bad guy who's just whispers and talks kind of low and i just wasn't doing anything for me i thought that was an opportunity to make someone who was like really demented and really out there and maybe give more of a backstory for him just to how the fuck he even became that guy um right so to me that that didn't really that didn't do much for me i wasn't a a big fan of, of of the villain in this movie i agree uh one other person that i really wanted to take a moment to talk about her role was was pretty confined or contained but uh brianna uh hildebrand as negasonic teenage oh yeah i thought she was great she was great my 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 personal favorite part in the movie is probably when they're on the highway and um (laughs) deadpool's freaking out because they let uh they let ajax get away and you know negasonic teenage warhead's trying to trying to tell him something and he's like what are you he's like what are you gonna do Sullen silence or mean comment. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And she looks at him and she doesn't say anything. She's like, you kind of got me in a box here. <laughs> like, like meaning, you know, that clearly she was going to say one of those. She was going to do one of those two things. Like, I love that part. I don't know why, but that part, like, just, I guess it just struck so true to me. Like anytime I've ever had to interact with it, like it, like a younger teenager person. And but it was like, also like, it, it make it, the whole movie was making fun of essentially how movies are structured where like, that's the line that you're supposed to deliver instead of just delivering it. It's like, they're telling you what it's, what the point of yeah. it is essentially. It's kind of like how they did with the credits. They didn't actually use right. the names. They were just like, 
angsty teenage girl, you know? Uh, yeah. Because that's they're, they're archetypes, you know, and like he's making yeah. fun of the whole thing, the whole enterprise, and that's that's great. Um, there's a lot of great gags in this movie. There's a lot of in jokes, um, which we'll get to. But what was what was the line that made you laugh the most, or what was the moment that made you laugh? Was it that one? I think it, I think it was that. Okay, one. mine was. I, mean, I, I think it was. I, that one. I think it's just because I'm a 12 year old boy. The Voltron. No, oh fuck! I did pop for Voltron. That was huge. Yeah, Voltron um, ring was huge. When he's got the tiny hand. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Okay. Yes. And, and he's and like he's, uh, touching. I bet. He's I touching bet it Al. looks. I bet it looks huge. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's, when, he, when he's touching uh, his blind roommate. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Who I later found out is a character named Blind Al. Yeah. Yeah. Blind Al. Uh, yeah, that's a good part. I mean. Uh, yeah, there's so much to like about this movie. Um, what about all the in jokes, man? The the I mean, X Men line, so many. the one about Professor X. Is it? You know, yeah, and he goes. And he goes James uh, McAvoy. Yeah, Stuart McAvoy. Uh, when he goes to the mansion, and he goes, yeah, like, and he's trying to get uh, Colossus and Negasonic's help, and he's like, "Hey, it's so funny that you two are the only ones that are ever here. <laughs> it's almost like the studio couldn't afford right. more X Men." And then all the all the Hugh Jackson. Or Hugh, uh, uh, Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackman, and like the Wolver- Hugh Jackman, uh, the Wolverine jokes, the Green Lantern jokes. I yeah. mean, it's just. You know what? I was surprised at actually, I, and I just forgotten about this, but you just reminded me. All of the Spider-Man jokes. There was "Go get him, Tiger," which is straight up. Oh yeah. Straight up reference to Spider-Man. Um, and then the end, the end the... credit sequence. Deadpool yeah. in the cartoon, where he's he's basically Spider-Man. You remember that? Yep. Okay. Yep. And then uh, even in the marketing, they said with great power comes greater responsibility. Oh, yeah. And oh, he talks about getting bitten by a radioactive. I can't remember what it was. Not a spider. He say there's a line in the movie where it's like it's like I've been bitten by a radioactive hip, you know, like hippo or something. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. But uh, so that's kind of interesting that they threw the. Uh, threw out some Spider-Man references too. And then the last thing that I think this is like the ultimate in joke. And I recently just found out about this, you know, I knew who this character was, but I didn't really put two and two together in the Deadpool comic book. He has kind of a sidekick by the name of Bob Mm -hmm. and it's Bob, the Hydra agent. And he's like this anonymous Hydra agent. That's like a bumbling idiot kind of guy. He's a family man. You know, he's actually not really into being a henchman. <laughs> and, like, he gets into these capers with Deadpool in the Deadpool movie. Now, keep in mind, Hydra is a Marvel property, Marvel Studios, not Fox. Right? Right. In the Deadpool movie, at the end, when he's, like, taking down Ajax's guys, he meets a character named Bob who he knows... Oh yeah. And they don't right. they don't really name him by anything other than just his first name, but that's clearly Bob the Hydra agent. Like that's Bob the the guy from the Marvel comics and that's crazy cuz technically they can't use that character. Right, but, but he's not really just, the character, right? Cuz he's just Bob. That could be anybody. But he yeah, well I mean that's kind of their out, but that's the same guy. Yeah, I know. I'm I mean, sure. there's no way it's not. Does he kill him in so the I movie? Just, I can't remember. No, nah, he knocks him out. Oh, okay. He doesn't even kill him. He knocks him out. So, you know, I lo- like you were saying, so many in jokes. If you if you love comic book movies, if you've seen any other comic movies, especially if you've seen any of the X Men movies, 
this movie is going to be so much fun for you if you haven't oh, seen it. The other now, thing, if you're listening to this podcast, you should have already seen it. Somewhere. The other kind of in-joke thing that I didn't even notice was that the, the final fight scene is supposedly on a S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier, which yeah. they couldn't get like the rights for, but that's essentially right. what they're trying to do. Which is yeah, because really it's fun. a Marvel again. It's a Marvel Studios right. thing. But yeah, they're fighting on a giant helicarrier. Um, there's, I actually saw some pictures online. The way they would frame the shot, the you know, like how the helicarriers have those those uh, propulsion, yeah, kind of fans or whatever. Like they're just in the corner of the frame, right? Like so, you you can't really tell. But that that's that's really cool. That is really cool. I mean. It's it's so great to see how much they married the character from the comic to the movie, Here's, and how they were able to reference all these things, both inside and outside of the comic book spectrum, that relates to all of these, uh, to to all of the medium of itself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. Not only are they playing on comic books, they're playing on the comic book movies that come out because of the comic books. They play on the actors playing the roles. I mean, it's just, it's everything. Yeah. I have, this is a question for you. Is this portrayal of a comic book character, not necessarily the things he was saying, but just how he was talking and all of the kind of quips and jokes he was making, the closest thing that you've kind of seen of what Spider-Man was in the comics, at least originally? Yeah. I mean, a, a little bit, but yeah. Obviously, yeah, Spider-Man's definitely. not making dick jokes, but like... Yeah, in a way, no, kind like of, he is, he is this kind of character, right? Where he's just, he's obviously always yeah. making jokes and like making light. Spidey was the original kind of funny man comic yeah. book character, right? right? So and Deadpool is very much like inspired of early, mm-hmm. at least early Spider-Man stuff. Before he went all emo so, on us, yeah. Before he got that haircut, <laughs> um, it does what it does is it it gives me hope for whatever they do with Spider-Man. Now, obviously, it's not Fox; it's going to be Marvel Studios, but. Whatever they do with with Spider Man moving forward, you know, they have Deadpool as maybe kind of a template yeah. to see how the character could maybe interact with either the audience or other characters. Yeah. Um, well, the, the other thing that makes Deadpool different from a lot of the main, well, really all of the main superhero characters, is that he's also kind of sexually ambiguous. I think he's like described as like pansexual. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and they, they play on that in the movie. Obviously, they don't come out and explicitly say it, but, like, he's a big fan of Wham. <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, I love Wham, too. It doesn't doesn't mean anything. Um, but, mm. you know, he's also... There's some other stuff in there where he's, like... He's got some... I can't remember. It's, like, a bag, and it's got an actress on it who's, like, a gay icon. I can't remember who it was. Um, and he's wearing a shirt also... I can't remember now. Jeez, I'm like really low on details. Um, but I mean, I've, I've seen articles about, you know, people saying that he's also kind of progressive in that sense. And, and, and even Ryan Reynolds is kind of somewhat campaigning for him having a gay or having a boyfriend. Um, having a boyfriend in, in the sequel. next movie, which would be really cool. Um, I don't know if they're going to keep playing that up or if it's just going to always kind of be a in the background kind of thing that maybe if you're looking hard enough, you'll notice. Um but there were certainly little hints like that in the movie that I thought were cool. With the little, uh, speaking of you know, wham and, and kind of little small references, at the end uh, when they do the animated credits, yeah, and they have him in the restroom. Isn't that a reference to the George Michael thing? Yeah, and actually, thing? I went with, uh, well, I went with the nerd crew and Divya, who was sitting next to me, actually spotted that right when it happened, and I was so yeah. proud of her. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yes, you're totally right. 
Also, I was when that song came on, and he started playing. Um, oh yes, whispers. Jeez, uh, careless, careless whisper. whisper. Man, you're all over the place today. I know, man. I'm sorry. This must be this whiskey. <laughs> I need to stop drinking for these shows. <laughs> so good. Uh, so good. I I was like, I think I even screamed out like, "Not wham!" Like kind of out loud in the theater, which I shouldn't have done that. Um, no, you should. Anyway, I want to apologize to the people in the theater. One for the outburst, but also, I looked it up, and that song did first appear on a Wham album. I mean, it's yeah. a little disingenuous to present it as a Wham song because it, it very much is George Michael's first single. Uh, but I'm sorry about that, Craters of Deadpool. You were right on with that. It is first, uh, first. It was first a, a Wham song. So. First attributed to Wham. Yeah. Just wanted to just wanted Ooh. to apologize officially. Wham, bam, thank you, bam. Yeah. Do you want to sing a few bars of that? Maybe. No. But maybe we no? can play a little sax solo. Yeah. Can we get the rights to that? Can we get that? Probably not. If it's just um, instrumental. Yeah. Anything else? Well, we know also the end credit, the post credit sequence, which I was told there was two post credit sequences. Kind of. Yeah, it's generous. Kind of generous to call that two. It's mostly one. That had like a little break in between it, but it's really just one, and it's very jokey. And he's just Deadpool in a robe. I. It's Ferris Bueller. It's Ferris Bueller, Bueller, right? But also, I think that the first part of it was shown to the audiences what two weeks ago when it when it was like first screened. Yeah, the, I think the preview screening. The second part was tacked on for the release. I believe that's yeah, true. That's true. Uh, and that's the true. second one is the one where he's like, "Hey, by the way, we're making a second one, and Cable's going to be in it." That's awesome. Which is so cool. Yeah. So, real quick, because um, we're going to talk about that, too, in just a minute. But things you did not like about the film or that you could pick at, real quick, I'll go. There were really only, you know, like you said, it was a simple film. There were only two real action sequences yeah. in the film. But and we just said that as a good thing t- a second ago. Well, you said that as a good thing. No, you thing. did, too. I don't think, I don't think it's... a. A bad thing um and then again with the budget that they had i think they did admirably i think they did really good but i would like to have seen a little bit more action um it actually that what, part didn't so, bother me something that i did well that's why we have opinions oh, i know uh <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say like that, it did bother me with like a show like jessica jones which i was like kind of really praying for some more action right. uh but with deadpool i know i don't know maybe because of the way they yeah, broke I'm, it up like i said it worked for me yeah no, they were very smart about it. Yeah. Well, one thing, like, for instance, I found this out after the fact, did a little research. So, you know the scene where he gathers all the guns? Yeah. And they go, and then he leaves them in the cab? Yeah. In the Uber? That, that was their way of getting out of the fact that they couldn't afford to do another really big elaborate action sequence with guns. <laughs> like, that's literally why they did that. That's really funny. So that's that's cool. I mean, they were smart about it, and I get it. And hey, your budget's only fifty million, and they made it look like a hundred million, honestly. Um, so that that was my one nitpick. And the other thing, and this is also small, I thought I really thought there was going to be an actual Wolverine cameo. Oh come on! Did you? I thought they no were way. Get Hugh Jackman to do a little cameo in the film. Well, there there was not a little like, tease of Hugh not, Jackman. Not not claws out slicing people up, but just a little just a little something. Just just the tip Wolverine in there somewhere. I thought that maybe that was going to happen didn't happen. What if just off-screen you hear someone go, "Blades pop." <laughs> or 
We're popping my blades. Pop I'm cracky. I'm popping. I can't do it. Oh, dude. Is this the new? No. <laughs> Wait. No. Is this the new me webs? Popping no. my blades. That's just English. That doesn't even. That's, I can't English. do New Zealand or Australia. I'm sorry. Um, it's so hard. It is. It is really hard. You still want to kind of try that. I don't even want to try. I have to practice bit. first. But um. Okay, we'll get back to it. Okay. Any, anything out of the film that you were like? I, okay, uh, I already mentioned that I didn't. I thought the villain could have been better, and it, yeah. they didn't have to do anything too crazy. Just like I don't know, make him a little nuttier. Maybe they just didn't have that budget to actually pay for like. I'm uh, crazy Ajax. Whoa. <laughs> like, just something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it just it, it didn't really work for me. Um, but maybe again they didn't want to take away from Deadpool, which makes sense, right? He's such he's such an out right. there character. He's the you just kind of need to let him run with it, and everything else can kind of play a supporting role to Deadpool because he's such a strong character. Um, speaking of the cab ride, I wasn't crazy about the cab driver. Like I, I thought the storyline was funny about like him, like Deadpool kind of telling him, you know, to kill his cousin or whatever. Yeah, he's like kill him. Uh, that was funny, yeah, little, but like maybe I'm just sensitive from watching Aziz Ansari's uh, Master of None show. But it's just like, come on, man, another another Indian dude, like another stereotypical Indian dude. It, I, I just felt yeah. like I could have done something better there. Not a huge nitpick. Yeah. I mean, I still thought I still laughed at a lot of the jokes in those scenes, but it wasn't really that funny to me. Wasn't really that, that, yeah. that as great as people I, thought it was. I, I, yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Especially when there's so few characters in the movie, it stands out even more. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, okay. Well, let's, let's move on. And obviously we both recommend the film. If you're listening to this, you should have already seen it. Go see it again. Uh, for what it's worth, I heard the IMAX, uh, version is not really better in any way <laughs> and is not worth paying the extra $10. Um, I've heard that from multiple people, but I personally have not seen it in IMAX yet, so I don't know. Um, Do you want to go over who we think really... might be Cable, by the way, or should we save that? Yeah, that's what that's what I'm going to okay, talk about cool. right now. Okay, so we're going to talk a couple. Of... First, let's talk about what happens next for Deadpool, and then I want to talk about what is this movie as it's, as a movie within the superhero genre and what it's doing. Made 132 million opening weekend. What does that mean for superhero films in general? We'll, we'll, you know, so we'll break it up into two things. But let's talk about Deadpool, just him himself. So obviously they're already making a sequel. Cable's going to be in it. Deadpool said that himself. He he threw out Mel Gibson. He threw out... Uh, what was the other guy? Uh, Mel Gibson. Did he say John Hamm? No. Didn't say... Oh, I can't think it's of funny. it. I'm Karen, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley. Kira right. Knightley's one... Uh, Mel Gibson and someone else. Can't think of who. Uh, don't know how serious he was with any of those. Oh, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Uh, None of those sound serious. I think they said them all because they're, like, not possible. Kind of ridiculous, <laughs> right. Um, the one guy I would love to see as Cable, in, and I'm not the only one. This is not my original idea. I've seen it floating around. A guy by the name of Stephen Lang. Oh, and yes, yeah. He's he's from Avatar. Uh, the only other thing I really know him from he's from Avatar. Right. He's like the villain in Avatar, and he looks like Cable. Right, dude just looks straight up like Cable. Um, and I I have a feeling they're gonna play Cable real straight in the film. Of course, uh, yeah. and I feel like he would he would he would be able to do that role. Yeah, he's he's the straight man to Deadpool. So um, I think you're right, but it it kind of depends on on what their plans are for Cable, right? Because like yeah, if he's just there to be Deadpool straight man, then yeah, I think you could cast a guy like that. If your if your plan is to 
kind of introduced him into the X-Men universe more, maybe even have a standalone movie at some point. Maybe you want someone right. who's like proven to be, I, I don't want to talk shit about Stephen Lang. I don't really know much about the guy, but like just someone who's got somewhat more range. I don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe he has it. I'm not really sure. Um, I know but, what you're saying though. Maybe more charismatic, with more clout, yeah. more, more name, more, more charisma, charisma. Um, so, um, so we're going to get Deadpool two for sure. There's talks of an X-Force film that might be rated R. Now, here's the thing, and this actually is a primary concern of mine. Now, let me know what you think. So, you know, X-Force, typically, in the comic books, has been led by Cable. He's definitely the leader. He's the team leader. Um, I guess Deadpool has been a member from time to time, but not always. Um what I'm concerned with, and I'm not even saying that it's a bad thing, but I wonder if we're going to get a Wolverine situation here where with the original X-Men films, you've got Cyclops, you've got Storm, you've got Jean Grey, you've got all these characters, but everybody loved Wolverine and Hugh Jackman's performance of Wolverine so much that they just, they funneled everything through Wolverine, you know, and he became the primary focal point of the franchise for X-Men films. Now you kind of see that a little bit with Mystique, with, uh, you know... Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Her, Jennifer Lawrence. You know, everyone's so enamored by her that she's kind of... You know, Mystique is not that... I mean, she's an important character in the X-Men mythos, but, like, she's never been that important where she's the, the primary, you know, protagonist the way she is now. I have a feeling that with Deadpool, we're going to see the same thing. So, like, if there is an X-Force film, Deadpool is going to... It's going to be Deadpool and the X-Force. Well, that's... Yeah, and that's why I don't understand... I don't know how he's going to fit into any larger universe. I just... I, I don't see it. Like, I... It's so hard for me to picture him... Mm-hmm. The, the way he's presented in this movie in an ensemble cast. Like, is he going to break the fourth wall as Deadpool in a movie... In an X-Force movie? I don't know. It just doesn't... To me, that I don't know how you do that. Yeah, I mean, he can it's just be still hard. be the jokester who's like fucking around with everyone, and that that could still work, right? And maybe every now and then he'll do like a Zach Morris and kind of look at the camera and be like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Um, yeah, kind of on the sly. Yeah. Uh, now the other thing is, if you throw him into another X, you, like let's just say they throw him into an X Men film, and it's PG thirteen. I'm not saying this can't work, but can that work? Can you take this character the way you've introduced him in this Deadpool film? And put him in a PG thirteen film. Will I think it still work. I think you can, obviously, but but I, I wonder if a good you could lose a certain consistency to the character. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, I don't know. We there really hasn't been a precedent for that of the same character by the same actor doing kind of different interpretations, if you will. Right. I, like I'm not sure how it's going to work. I, I I get the sense that Deadpool. It's interesting. Is the kind of guy that you can have. In a movie with Cable, and maybe in a movie with another, like maybe Wolverine, but I don't see him as like part of a twenty-member team. I just don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't. I don't think it could work. That's just my opinion. But yeah, it's it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do moving forward. Now, obviously, the standalone Deadpool sequel I could see, and I'm sure that's gonna go crazy. And I just hope they stay true to the character, and and it seems like they will. Like I think that they know. Uh, what worked with this movie and how to incorporate that into a sequel. Uh, it is going to be really interesting once we start seeing, or if we start seeing Deadpool interact with more characters f- 
from the X universe. Because um, that's gonna be really weird. I'm not sure how they're gonna how they're gonna pull that off. Not saying it can't be done. I'm just not sure how they're gonna do here's it. A, here's the question though. Hugh Jackman's already said the next Wolverine movie yeah. is is his last one. If yeah. if this Deadpool thing keeps taking off the way it does. Do you think he gets talked into coming back? I mean, who wouldn't want a Deadpool Wolverine movie? Like, just think of the audience th- for that. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, no joke. That movie could make, like, Furious 7 money. <laughs> a Deadpool Wolverine film. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not even joking. Like, I really think no, I, I think No, I think it definitely could. But yeah. I... I w- and, and you know what they, you know what I always say? If, if money can be made, they're going to do it. Yeah. Right? But at the same time... I know Hugh Jackman, I mean, as much as he loves playing Wolverine, I think in his heart of hearts, like emotionally, he's ready to let go of being this character. And that's why he's putting so much emphasis on this last movie that he's doing as Wolverine. I don't know if they can convince him. I don't know if any amount of money could make him come back. Yeah. And honestly, I I, guess we'll see. I almost wonder if they had had that conversation before they settled on cable. Because, I mean, I, I would think even though... Deadpool and Cable are very much intertwined in the comics. Yeah. I think you can get a very similar dynamic between Deadpool and Wolverine, and you have two, you know, much bigger established characters there, a better chance to make more money. And Hugh Jackman yeah. kind of being towards the end of his Wolverine run. So I wouldn't be shocked if they at least made that call and were like, Oh yeah. Interested? If I if I'm if I'm Simon Kinberg or you know, or whoever is at Fox, I'm yeah, man, I'm bugging the shit out of Hugh Jackman. Like you're like, come on, man. What are, what's it gonna take? What's it gonna take? Right. You know, like, we, we're gonna reanimate Steve Irwin's corpse. Like, what do you want? <laughs> well, also, and this is something that I think you wanted to talk about on on this episode is that the next Wolverine movie is slated to be rated R. So, right. You know. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk about yeah. that. So what? So obviously, Deadpool made 132 million, 135 million opening weekend. This broke every record for a rated R film. Um. What does that mean for superhero films moving forward? And so already we're getting reports that Wolverine, Old Man Logan, which is the tentative title right now, is they're already gonna they already said it's gonna be rated R. Like they've already changed it to an R rating. Which, okay. I think that could work. Wolverine is definitely the kind of character where you could put an R rating on it and really do something within the scope of what that character is and make it work. Um, if you Let me ask you this. If you could see a PG-13 Old Man Logan or a rated R Old Man Logan, which would you rather see? <laughs> uh, I mean, not even close. Obviously rated R. I mean, that, that right. comic book is rated R, so if they really want to bring that oh, thing to life, so. it has to be rated R. And, I mean, there's no way they're going to be able to take that exact story and make it work because uh, no, it involves I mean, be... a lot of just logistical Marvel things characters. that wouldn't work yeah. but i mean it is it is very dark the, i mean even without the language it's um you know what's funny i'm just recalling and this was a long time ago in a much earlier podcast but i remember when we were talking about the potential for old man Logan being made into a film at that point and you were like i just don't know how they can do it um without making it rated r you said something to that effect yeah like you were like i don't think they can do a pg-13 of that story and I was like, well, maybe if they blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> that does sound <laughs> now, yeah, that, that's how I sound. Um, <laughs> we don't have to worry about that now because it's rated R. Okay, cool. So I think that's a win. Here's what I'm worried about, though. I am worried about that all the studios, and maybe even Marvel. I mean, I'm talking about Marvel. I'm talking about Fox. I'm talking about Sony. I'm talking about anybody who owns 
talking about DC or Warner Brothers, if they get too enamored with the idea that because Deadpool has made so much money that they think it's because just because the movie's rated R because that's not the case. No. This was right. this was tremendous marketing. <clears throat> this was the perfect casting. This was a character that lends himself much like Wolverine, much like Batman. I love to see an R-rated oh, Batman God, film. Seriously. A ben a Affleck point. directed yeah. R-rated Batman film. Can we get that right now? Yeah, no. I will buy my ticket right now. I will buy 10 tickets. You'll buy 10 tickets? I'll take everybody. Who you, okay, who do I have to call to get this to happen? I don't know. Okay. I don't know anyone at DC and Warner Brothers. <laughs> but I would love to see an R-rated Batman film. I would love to see an R-rated Wolverine I'm surprised film. It you know happen. what I don't want to see? Yeah. You know what I don't want to see? I don't want to see an R-rated Spider-Man film. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't it doesn't need it. It doesn't need that. I know, right? but yeah. I'm really worried that you know the studios are going to see oh look at Deadpool look look uh, adult audiences you know all the comic nerds are adults they're going to see it it can be rated R we can make more money blah blah blah, blah. I that's know. fine I don't not everybody so. should be rated R though no I and I, I, I don't think you have to worry about that because Spider-Man is a proven commodity that can sell across all demographics and so they're, they're they are that's actually I think his biggest selling point yeah, but yeah. so they're they're not going to compromise that by by not allowing kids to go watch it there's no fucking way uh, I think Deadpool, because of what the character is, and Wolverine, um, you know, they feel like that plays better to maybe an adult audience, so they can get away with it. But no, Spider-Man is too much of a kid-friendly character for them to ever do that. Okay, I'd be so let me ask you. Let me ask you this: They're saying that X Force might be an R-rated film. Good. Okay, you okay with that? Yeah. Let's play a little game Fuck here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm okay. throw out some characters. I'm gonna throw out some characters, and you tell me, rated R, good or bad. Um, Good or bad? Superman. Like, would you would you think a rated oh, R okay. version of this yeah. film, like a character in a film, would be good or bad? Superman. Are you talking about like what movie I would want to see, or like what would make it marketable, or what would be better? I guess. What would just work with the character? Oh, work like, with the character. It's a good idea or bad? Because I mean, I in would say opinion. rated R for all of these because I <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> but I mean, no, no, no. I, I, I don't think I mean, okay. For, I, like certain characters for don't the need superhero it, right? genre to to remain successful. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, Superman. I wouldn't. Superman. Touch. Superman has to be PG. PG thirteen has to be okay. PG PG thirteen. Um, Justice League. That's a tough one because you got Superman in it, and you also got Batman in it, who I think could work as R. But everyone else is kind of a an unproven commodity, right? We haven't had an Aquaman movie, haven't had Flash, yeah. haven't had Wonder Woman yet. Yeah. So I'd say I'd say with all those characters and Superman involved, I think you got to keep that one PG. All right. Here's a here's a good one. Too much money right now in that movie too. Like you need the broadest yeah. audience possible. That's true. This one already has a rating, but I'm gonna ask you if you could change it to this, would you? Suicide Squad. Oh God, yes. Yeah, that is doesn't a perfect the, example. Doesn't of that movie need an R? Like, yes. Wouldn't that be the movie? Oh, that it would be great. It's a movie about villains. How could it not be R-rated? Everything they do should be R-rated. Yeah, they're like the That's... world's worst criminals. How could that possibly be PG? Yeah, no, I would definitely yeah. make that R. And you know really what, DC. Well, me, DC. We talk a lot of shit about DC, and you know, hey, here's hoping that Suicide Squad and BVS blow it out of the water and we have to come on here and, and eat crow and we will happily do so but you know they always seem kind of behind the trends and hey here's deadpool being like 
hey, I'm going to, you know, we're going to go ahead and make an R movie, superhero movie, something that Batman could have done years ago. And I guess maybe yeah. they did, right, with some of the Nolan movies? Some of those had to be. No, they were. I don't think they were rated R. Really? No. No. Um, and, I'm, I mean, you got to wonder if they're going to also now kind of play copycat like they have in the past, and, and maybe they will go that I, route. Deadpool is kind of a guinea pig, right? I mean, I'm sure all the all the comic book properties are looking and looking at Deadpool and wondering, you know, can we pull this off too? Obviously, Deadpool is, I think a lot of maybe movie guys underestimate how popular he is. Like, he is perhaps, I mean, he's like one of the most popular selling comics that Marvel has. So, I mean, and merchandise yeah, wise, he's, like he's huge. Deadpool merchandise is like off in the comic the, book world, he's, he's huge. So, yeah, he's super and, and maybe huge. people underestimate that. Um, but anyway. yeah, like for instance, if you went, if you made an R rated Aquaman film, might not work the same way. Just, you know, throwing that out there, Warner Brothers, like, don't get too happy about this R rated thing. It can work. I think a R rated Batman could be the greatest superhero film of all <laughs> no, time. I agree. And that's that's one property that DC has routinely knocked it out of the park with. I mean, Batman is to many people still has the is still the greatest comic book movie ever, the greatest comic book series. So Yeah. You know, they deserve a ton of credit for that. And you got you got you kinda wonder what they can what else they could do with an R rating. Like how how much more fucked up can Joker get? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking too, man. Yeah. Like you, you do the Killing Joke oh, as a movie, an R-rated movie, and my goodness, I mean, I don't know how it would do, but I know the nerds would be would be fucking stoked. Yeah, well, you know, it's all about getting the right talent behind everything. I mean, I think Deadpool proves that more than anything. I think maybe that's. I hope that is ultimately Deadpool's lasting legacy is that when you have people that are dedicated to a project, that are talented, you have a good script, you have people that believe in it and that are willing to work extra hard to get it done and get it made and are willing to, you know, have a smaller budget to have more creative freedom. Uh, I, I think it pays off. I think it can pay off. Not always. I mean, if you do a true-to-life Plastic Man comic book movie, <laughs> like, I don't think anyone cares about that. But... In the right circumstance, taking these kind of chances, and I'm talking about like the movie studios, it pays off. Like, have faith in your properties. FYI, my like, Dark Hawk movies are rated R. My Dark Hawk movies. I was I, I was gonna ask that next yeah. actually. So yeah, he uh, he tears Spider Man's head off in the first five God, minutes. Geez. All right. Can't first five minutes that. of the movie. It's, it's just a doll. He can it's do. not actually Spider Man. Oh, okay. Um, he can probably do that. What was I gonna ask you? I had another question to ask you. Oh, you know what I was going to say is that I think, De I mean, I feel like Deadpool is in like a really great spot right now because he's he's like the one character who can just make fun of everything. And yeah. if we do kind of enter this area where we experience some kind of comic book fatigue or it's just like, okay, another disaster movie, um, you know, he's the one guy who could, who's got, stands the best chance of surviving that because he's like the one guy who can make fun of it all. And yeah. so I just feel like he's, He's in the perfect spot, and if this movie keeps making money the way it is, um, he could turn out to be yeah. a star. Almost at three hundred million worldwide already. Yeah. I mean, that's that's cr nobody, not even the most optimistic diehard fanboy, was predicting those kind of numbers. I think people are realizing how uh, popular of a character he is, and he's just going to get yeah. more popular. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna boom! I'm really glad to get that first appearance locked away. Um, Real quick, uh, so now 
uh, supposedly Todd McFarlane has finished the script on Spawn. Yeah. And this is kind of touching back to Deadpool. But Spawn was already made be... so perfectly into a movie. Why would they want to make it again? <laughs> yeah. Well, supposedly the script is a rated R script. And so now, yeah. because of Deadpool, that's getting more traction. And they might green, they might fast track the script in the movie. Yeah. No, this thing so is sending, that, sending you know, I don't know about tidal waves, but it's certainly yeah. sending shockwaves throughout the whole entertainment industry. Because, like, this just hasn't been done before. And whenever... You kind of break ground on a topic like this, or a, 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 I guess a, a subgenre like this, it makes yeah. people think. All right, if, if like you said, man, if there's money to it's make, it's a game changer. There's, yeah, it game is. Content. It really is. Um, not to put two points, find a point on it, but, uh, but like you said, man, whenever something makes money, people pay attention, and I'm sure yeah. movie studios are paying attention. Last last question to you: Any character that you can get, Darkhawk. superhero or supervillain oh. film, Darkhawk rated R, is that what you're going? Wait, I don't even know what the question is. What? The question is, any any character, but you can now make an R-rated film, what is that film or what is that character or group? Oh, fuck. Uh, I mean, it can be Darkhawk if that's really what you want. No, I mean... I, I, R-rated I mean, Iron Man, I would, maybe? I don't, I don't think Iron Man needs to be R-rated. Um, okay. I mean, I guess it would be cool to see him almost like a James Bond type movie where you can get away with more of the sexuality. Because, I mean, he's a fucking playboy, right? And they, they can't really play that up too much in the comics. Yeah, um, or in the... You know what would be a cool character to see an R-rated movie of is Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, yeah, like a solo origin story, yeah. maybe. That would, yeah, I think that's perfect. I was gonna say Lobo <laughs> uh, from DC. Lobo. I mean, he's he's known to be a very for mature audiences type character. Yeah. Oh, you didn't ask me who so. I thought should play Cable. Oh, who do you think should play Cable? I got the perfect guy. Yeah, Donald Glover. Mmm, Glover for Cable. Uh, Glove for. Uh, let's I, see. Don't, I don't even know what's the hashtag there. Don, Don for. Cable. Cut Don for Cable. I was going to say cut the cable, but that's just take him out of the movie. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I would love to see Donald Glover as Cable. Uh, no, uh, you know who my and I think I told you this on chat. This would be the last thing because we did way longer of yeah. an episode than we thought we would. Um, Really outside the box. I'm not even like campaigning for this, but I just I had a thought that this might work for Cable. If you wanted someone to really look like Cable, at least physically, and someone who actually has some experience in movies, this is pretty out there. But I thought, what about John Cena? Oh yeah, and not only that, that's a good, that's a really good idea. You got the John Cena internet meme that keeps going on. It never dies. <laughs> uh, we're that that thing is just all over the place. I still don't really understand it. I don't to get be it either. I never I never understood but the origin of it. And I'm a wrestling fan. But uh you you tie that in with Deadpool's weird viral marketing? Yeah. Somehow? Gold. Yeah. I mean, you're just printing money at that point. Not a bad pick. And and uh, Cena can be funny. I know Cable's not supposed to be a funny character, but you know, th- there's there's obviously going to be some moments where Maybe in moments, you yeah. know, there can be kind of a I subtle. I see humor. it. I could totally see. I don't know. It's Just got the physique yeah. for it. Um, well, yeah, man. Anyway, I, it's as always. It's been a pleasure talking with you about Deadpool and comic book things. I, you know, a lot of people are saying this is the golden. Literally, this year is the gold beginning of the golden age era of superheroes, superhero films. And if that is the case, we could not have asked for a better start than what Deadpool has been doing yeah. and what Deadpool has done. I'm just glad the beginning wasn't Fantastic Four and that we waited 
to declare oh, in the beginning. Oh man, now. talk about an alternate reality where Fantastic Four is the first movie that comes out, <laughs> and oh. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, man, uh, way to go, Deadpool. That shit was funny. It was entertaining, and looking forward to some more. So, if you guys got any reactions, please hit us up on the social medias. Let us know what you thought, and yeah, let us know what you think about what was your favorite part in the movie, or you know, what would you have changed? I have yet to really see anyone say anything too terrible about this movie. Um, so, hey, that's a good sign. But anyway, man, uh, we'll catch you guys next week where we'll catch you up on the latest week in comic book news. But until then, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Later, guys. We're recording. Uh, I mean, not, not all this is going on the show. All of this. All right. the whole time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd like to get some... I mean, you don't have to participate, but... <laughs> I'm here with Christine. Hey, Christine. What's up? Uh, we just watched Deadpool. 7 p.m. showing here in Fenway in Boston. Uh, first, just just give me your reactions. What did you think of the movie? Oh, my God. It was beyond my wildest dreams. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, your 11-year dream came true and it was beautiful. Uh what is it, Jagoff kind of masterpiece that only unicorns can just to. Was that your favorite part, the jerking off the unicorn? Well, I like anything that usually has to do with phallic things. Um, simple girl with simple needs in comic books and phallic things are one of them. Thanks. Are you done? Oh, is that what that was? You did just like a brush off. <laughs> <laughs> what was that all about? Did you just like see someone that you recognize? Oh. <laughs> just like, oh um, God. <laughs> Um, what do you think about the villain in this movie? He was hot. Oh, 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 Divya? Divya's in part of this now. He Divya, was hot. what? That was, that what was, that? The, the villain was really hot. Okay, anything else you want to say about him? He, um, every time he said, what's my name, it made me think of the Rihanna song, which I feel like should be on the soundtrack to this movie. Now, you were a bit disturbed by the fact that at the end, <laughs> what? At the end of the movie, oh. <laughs> whoa, you just ran into something. Uh, they played what, what you know, listeners thought was a Wham song because they 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 portrayed it as a Wham song. Actually, a George Michael song. How disturbed were you by that? Because "Careless Whisper" is one of the top ten all-time best. Uh, so I guess sax songs. It's not really a love song because it's also you know. A George Michael song. Yeah, although I, I'm not gonna spoil it, but in the cartoon there was a great reference to George Michael that only you and I got. So. That's right, the bathroom scene. Uh, yeah, no, actually you got that. Oh, I did yeah, not I even it. catch it. I got it, guys. Uh, last thing before we go into the bar, um, I asked you what you thought about the portrayal of the <laughs> the Indian cab driver. Oh yeah. Um, and you told me something really funny. What, what did you say? That's all we get. That's all we get. Thank you. Over and out. Bye.